Hello again to all our listeners. Thanks for downloading episode 15 and helping us to make this a record-breaking month for Something Who. You're giving us a regular berth in the UK TV review podcast charts, and we appreciate the enthusiasm both here and elsewhere in the world, notably Australia and the USA. It's another shorter-form podcast this week, but we'll be back to the longer format next time as we round off series 12 with a comparison to a classic story. So I'm joined again today by Simon. Hello, loyal listeners. Hello, new fans. <laughs> and Giles. Hello, everybody. Thanks for keeping us in the charts. <laughs> yeah, and we're going to be looking at Ascension of the Cybermen by Chris Chibnall, in which the TARDIS crew comes tooled up to meet a bunch of survivors of a cyber war, against which we get a strange drama set in rural Ireland, then it's off into deep space and the site of a battle, and then a mysterious space gateway. So I have to say that was a pretty unusual episode. Anybody got any idea what it was all about? Um, not terribly, no. I can't say. It was, um, it was a real curate's egg of an episode. Hmm. I, think I, can't, I can't say... Yeah. Simon, sorry. I- I think anyone tuning in blindly on Saturday night might have thought they'd tuned into Heartbeat by accident, mightn't they? And then <laughs> yeah. switched off. It all went it a bit badly for like Angel. That. I have yeah, to yeah. admit, I, um, I started watching about five minutes in, we were watching something on catch-up, and the, I put the PVR on and went to find the thing, and I thought, oh, what's this? I was just watching, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a couple of minutes in to the... Yeah, scene with them having found the baby or something, yeah. and um, and I thought, oh, hang on, what's this rural drama on ITV? Yes. Obviously, <laughs> Doctor Who. Assuming yeah, not being aware of what channel is, come on to. Yeah, indeed. So, hmm. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that I can compare it with in my own head is uh, part one of Revelation of the Daleks, where you've got all sorts of weird stuff going on there. You know, you've got um, Alexi Sale doing his strange DJ act. You've got you know the stuff with the with the glass Dalek, and then you've got Colin and Nicola sort of falling about in a snowstorm, and it's it's not very clear in that how it's all going to come together, and until I suppose it does in the second episode, and I I suppose you know there's a possibility that we might have the same result next time that that all the strands come together and and, and suddenly it's clear we've got a masterpiece, but certainly at the moment. It's not clear to me that that's going to happen, and, and and I'm rather concerned that in fact it's just going to be a bit of a yeah, just a bit of a, of a muddle, really. Well, I'm, I'm sure there's a I'm sure there's a plan for how it. I don't I don't I don't somehow imagine that the <laughs> possibly Irish subplot is going to um somehow you know turn out to be completely disconnected from the rest of it. But no. um, it's just a matter of how it's how it's paid off. Yeah, I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of Revelation for that matter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Simon, thoughts from you? Well, it was it was like a it was like an epic space saga, wasn't it? The, the hmm. you know a chase across space pursued by the we we talk a lot about the old formats where the crew got split up, and at last we had a we had a major split. We had the, the Doctor hmm. and Ryan going yep. off in hmm. one direction, and good old. Graham and Yaz going in the other in their their flying dustbin lid or whatever whatever it was. <laughs> suspiciously on the interior it looked suspiciously like a TARDIS with that console in the middle. So that was that was quite mm-hmm. intriguing. Mm-hmm. There's some fantastic visuals in this episode, all the, the cyber mm. parts scattered in space. 
Yeah. Their mm. warrior carrier. When we mm-hmm. saw the split at the boundary and Gallifrey reappeared, that was that was fantastic. But they, it must have been an epic planning session when they sat down to to plan everything. I mean, they, they you know get me the best CGI guy we've got, and we've got all these amazing effects. We've got this great story, but then then you have the budget bits as well, like those terrible cyber drones. Oh, yeah. good. I'm glad, I'm glad I'm not the only one who was speaking. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to make a gratuitous crack about, and then give me the best CGI over go who got them, then that was, stick some that was, flying that was, heads in. That was naff. <laughs> what, were they, what were they thinking? Oh, dearie me. We, we had those lovely, um, you know, we had that nice Irish setting to sort of, you know, a bit, bit more downbeat and a bit more calm, at least to start with anyway. Mm. And then when we first see the Doctor, I mean... That looked like one of the sets they use on Top Gear, where they go off and blow things up. That just, <laughs> it, it, was, it was that was. I always have a rule when I watch te- television programs. They have, they have ten minutes to hook me, and unfortunately, in that episode, we we were getting to near to my ten minute deadline, and we had that we had the silly cyber mm. drones. Um, yeah. We had that awful set with just a few demolished buildings, which. I'm sure I've seen that in Top Gear four or five times as well. <laughs> we had yeah. Giles's pet hate, didn't we? We had the we had the human survivors in a desolate future, armed with a single mm. hairdryer uh... or something. Yes, <laughs> 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 yeah, so, I mean, yeah, it's. We'll come on to that, I guess. Yes. So when it when it got good, we we had it, it looked like a darkened warehouse, and you had a. You had a relentless Cyberman, the lone Cyberman, hunting mm. everyone down, and that, and then it got it got better again. So why mm. we had to mm. have Graham and and his travelling companions talking about all these fantastic gadgets and things like that, which failed after a couple of minutes, knocked out by the cyber drones. I was, I was thinking, oh my, mm. this is going to be awful. Having enjoyed the episode so much last week, but it did get better, fortunately. Mm. Yeah, so you know, I suppose with the good bits first. I mean, I uh, so I agree with you. I liked the, I liked the sense of relentlessness. I mean, it, it reminded me a little bit of Battlestar Galactica in that sense that the, 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 you've got this bunch of people and they just can't get away from the Cybermen, and wherever they go, the Cybermen are going to turn up, hmm. pursuing them. So, so you know, that part of it was quite good. And I agree that some of the visuals were fantastic and, and others were, were strange. I mean, how how exciting would flying Cybermats have been? And yet we've got these bizarre heads sort of spinning around. Mm. Oh, that's a thought. Yeah. Well, why not? Um, they had those, they had those, I mean, the scout ships were tremendous. I watched this program with a seven-year-old and the, the seven-year-old kept piping up. Daddy, why don't they use the cyber scout, scout ships to kill everybody? instead mm. of the silly heads and um mm. when the doctor hijacked one of the scout ships and flew off you know again why why are they such terrible shots the cybermen so <laughs> you have all these you, you know they've got all these wonderful effects and writers and designers mm. at the disposal and you know this it has the feel potentially i don't i don't want to jinx it, it has the feel potentially of an epic story arc here coming mm. to a conclusion next week and they just risk losing people with some of the naffness when it when it when it when we finally got to the doctor mm. yeah i mean the the other thing that that worries me a little a bit uh, when it comes to the storytelling is what's the doctor up to because 
you know, rather like in Orphan 55, she's got this this grand plan to go and go to the coordinates that she's been given by Shelley in the previous episode. And, you know, clearly there's a bit of planning been going on. They've got these nice gadgets, the gold dust and the uh, various decoy things. And, you know, and, thing and, you that's know. right. They're going to set all that up. So, that's, you know, so that sounds, you know, like she's had a bit of a plan. And they've, you know, I, I, and I, I guess you know she's she's spoken to the to the various members of the uh, of the crew, and uh, and they're all sort of they know what they're supposed to be doing, and they're all set up. But you know, it just feels like she's brought a knife to a gun battle. But also, there's no plan B. I mean, the, you know, mm. so she, they then spend the next five minutes saying, "No, we can't get back to the TARDIS because it's too far away." Why? Why is the TARDIS too far away? I mean, they could have they could have stuck it right next to it. I mean, that's just don't... <laughs> why is the TARDIS too far away? Yes. <laughs> Yes, and wasn't and wasn't one of those things a force field? And yeah, yeah. Why 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 didn't that go off immediately? And why wasn't that oh. capable of counteracting these cyber drones if she knows what they are immediately? Yeah, immediately just, they rock into size. It just feels like that there's there's a there's a recklessness that's unnecessary. It's, you know, like when they all dive off into the one van lorry type thing to go off in in, in search of Benny in Orphan Fifty Five. You know, why would you mm. do that? Why would you put everyone at risk? If you don't have to, what, why why do you have all your eggs in one basket? Why do you have no escape plan? Mm. You know, it, I mean, it's different in 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 some stories because in that case, you know, the, the, there's a certain inevitability about the way the plot's working, and and the Doctor's kind of in a tight corner, and you haven't really got mm. any other options. But here, she's coming into a situation she's clearly had time to prepare for, and then still manages to to get everyone in in deep water very quickly. So. Mm. Yes, it's very odd, because just from writing, I don't see why you had to necessarily have her turn up on battle footing in the first place. Hmm. They could have just followed the coordinates from the last episode, possibly with a very minor bit of rewriting, and just turned up to been turning up to see what was there, hmm. and trying to you know trying to get get the humans out before the Cybermen came, but without you know without necessarily thinking they were immediately going into a war zone. And hey, that's the, a great idea. Mm. We don't. We don't even have to fight the Cybermen, hey? Mm. Cool. Yeah, they told us a bit earlier, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it okay. does make the Doctor look somewhat, yes, irresponsible of, of her human charges. I mean, I know, I know, you know, I know the reality of it in in plotting terms is that you can never, you can never shake off the companion. They're always going to follow, follow you mm. into whatever. But yeah. from the Doctor's point of view, it seems a bit irresponsible to lead mm. them into what's effectively a war zone. Yeah, we've we've commented on the the sort of inconsistency of the roles given to characters in the stories. Did anyone feel yeah. it was a different Graham this week? You know, being he was being annoying and he's being cheeky, or even rude mm. to to the um, the surviving humans all the way through. He, he was just asking them to be ejected out of a airlock, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. Graham's Graham, you know critical of some of the companions and the way they've been portrayed but Graham's been a bit of a favourite of mine but in this one he was pretty annoying wasn't he yes I guess he was it wasn't top of my list of things that were annoying me he was his, his sort of strange Cockney rhyming slang thing mm. well, oh I, yes yeah I don't I don't as we know Richard I'm not very good at differentiating between northerners but <laughs> <laughs> um, I know a little bit about Cockney <clears throat> rhyming slang, and there's that 
there's that scene that's been talked about with Graham and I can't remember the, the name of her character. Was it was it Julie Graham, the actress? And they're talking yes. about she's ra- Ravio, I think. It's like like Ravioli, that, but without it. the lid. And, and he was <laughs> he was explaining having a butcher's butcher's hook look. Yeah. Yes. And she said, "You're very strange." And he he said something like that. I, you can't say that. I'm the dut. And people are saying, "Oh, Graham's the doctor." But wasn't he? He wasn't he about to say something rude? I'm the dog's nuts or something like that instead mm. of. I'm the doctor. Quite possibly. Uh, that, yeah. one, that one passed me by. And was there any follow, further follow-up on the... And was that was that just a one-off with the rhyming slang? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it. I don't think it came anywhere else. No, I know. I found, I found that odd. Mm. It sounded like it was. It sounded like it was meant to be a running gag. Yeah. And then I mean, unless, made, and then unless it features, once. unless it features next next week, but mm. but at this stage, yeah, it feels like you know, in in two seasons, it's. Come out. Well, I mean, maybe he's used it once or twice elsewhere, but hmm. it's the first time it's been commented upon. Hmm. Uh, hmm. Oh, I don't know where to begin. <laughs> I felt this was a uh, this this really did feel like a backward step after after last week, unfortunately. Hmm. And it felt like we were very much in a holding, like we spent a lot of the episode in a holding pattern, really setting up, adding a couple of new yeah. layers of mystery, but without. Going anywhere, and I have to say, uh, yes, as you, as you suggested earlier, Richard's, you know, it's a pet hate. It's not that I don't, I don't, I don't mind um, hard bitten fu- futuristic settings and post apocalyptic what have you, and so on. I mean, you know, I know. Okay, I mean, I'll, I'll <laughs> maybe utopia isn't the best because uh, the, the future kind were hardly a um, masterpiece of characterization, were they? But um, no. yeah, it does. It's been a thing for me in the last two series. And frankly, since Chibnall's been writing for the, you know, forever since Chibnall's been writing for the show, that when he does these, he seems to think he can write these futuristic space people. Uh-huh. And it's just great in me. They, they just come down to barely any characterization there, really. And it, yeah. It's just absolutely grinds my gears. You know, you just get dull people exchanging dull sci fi cliches, really. Yeah, I mean, when you, when you, as you say, when you compare it with last week's, hmm. where all of those characters explode off the page, yeah, and you know, in in a similar period, I mean, you've got sort of twenty five minutes ish before the Cyberman turns up, but by the time that that happens, you know a good deal about all of the characters and how they might react in any given situation. Hmm. Whereas, really, insofar as anyone's given much of a background, it's perhaps. Ravio, but I mean, on the whole, it's it's hard to care very much about any of those characters because you don't really know who they are, where they come from, or what motivates them. Oh, that's the thing. I mean, you know, you could you could you know sketch in a couple of lines, a couple of lines on each would be all it needed, and just have them all coming from different cultures, and you mm. know, and that that idea of if it's really meant to be the last vestiges of humanity that they've come mm. to because they're you know being hunted down by the Cyberman, have them all be very very different. Kind of people, as opposed to this sort of generic boilerplate type stuff that we that we rather got. And then you get the poor kid who's supposed to be the engineering genius, with his mm. trite, you know, doing dialogue that appears to be written for an American, like with <laughs> with Amer- well, yeah, with like Americanisms of, I can't I can't quite remember what it was, but there were a couple of things that I great, you know, they just absolutely screamed out, you know, that they 
should either have been done in an American accent or, or not at all. Hmm. Um, Ryan, Ryan fluffed his Harrison Ford moment, didn't he? His Han Solo moment where the the boy's flying the, the scout ship perfectly well and Ryan says in his true Satosin Olivia Oh, yes, style, exactly. Need a hand, yeah. kid. And it's like, <laughs> no, get, you know, get lost. I've managed to take this thing off and I've mm. got everything working. Thank you very much, Ryan. Can you go back and stand in the mm. corner again? Look at the wall. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Why wasn't that don't get cocky, kid? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah. Did all that um, cyber carrier ship stuff make, make sense? So the lone Cyberman ro- rocks up with his buddies and then yeah. they start opening up all the, I'm not going to call them t- tombs, but the containers. And then yeah. they start attacking mm. the cyber warriors. What was what was going on Weird. there? And, and were they going to do that to all? I don't know how many hundred thousand of them. What what was going on there? Well, they certainly couldn't have got to all of them, could they? So, no. so it certainly was a subset. Mm. But I mean, again, perhaps next week it'll explain what they thought they were doing. But it, it wasn't very clear from what we saw of it. I think the lone Cyberman is a is enough of a psychopath. As it were, as he clearly yeah. has issues of his own to work out between his cyber part and his human, or presumably formerly human hmm. part. So I, I suspect that's something that we're going to see a bit more of what he thinks the Siberian's purpose for him is hmm. uh, that he appears to, and hopefully, hopefully, it will be clarified. Hmm. He started to remind me of the cliched scarred Panzer commander. The lone mm. Cyberman. Mm. The more he goes on. Mm. Do we think that, as far as he's concerned, this is definitely after last week's episode rather than before? Ooh. I mean, I'm I, presuming I it's, it is. I think it's. I, I think it's both. I think he's popped back. I think he's he's he was sort of there. Then he popped back in time to chase the Siberian, and then he's he's come back again to pick up where right. he left off. If that makes sense. Hmm. Yes, but does the do- yeah? Well, he's he's in possession of the Siberian. Well, he refers to he refers to it at some point, doesn't he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that makes it post. Yeah. I was just trying to think whether it's whether we're fo- whether we've been foxed into it because Jody recognises him, obviously, and hmm. makes a comment. So whether the, I was just thinking, oh, has there been any? Is there any recognition in, in the other direction? But I think. Yes, and so well, the freighter stuff is an obvious is an obvious remake of Earthshock, hmm. on a bigger budget and with better you know it gets with better CGI. The concept of the you know being trapped on a being trapped on a ship with you know an army of Cybermen waking up is a good strong hmm. one. Yeah. I think my army awaits. Exactly. <laughs> or we, we didn't. Yes. Or we, you could argue that there's a far stronger visual in terms of the um. And given that the Cybermen appear to just stop to batter down the door, um, so far as we saw from the from the yeah. cliche, yeah, um, I don't think whatever visually that moment, the the moment when the Cyberman gets frozen into the door, is yes. um, <laughs> it's a bit of a, yeah, it's a it's a bit of a one hesitates to use the word iconic, but it's a it's, yeah, no, an, image, it's, it's an image that sticks with you. Hmm. But as you say, there were great you know there were great images in this. Of the um, yeah, the dead cyber fleet floating in space. Mm. Though there is a question of you know, I guess there is a question of okay, 
Is he the lone Cyberman? Has he got a couple of Cybermen for help? Is that, is that all the Cybermen? Because if they're meant to have been fought to a standstill, mm. you know, I think, I think, make your mind up: is there one? Is there three? And then, yeah, did that count? If you knew there was a, there was a ship full of a hundred thousand odd floating derelicts in space nearby. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I'd have dropped dropped that into the heart of the sun personally. But. Yeah. I liked how the the cyber warriors their their helmet design is a throwback to the invasion. So this is sort of tie yes. there to another invading force there. So mm. I quite I quite like that. I know I know not everyone yeah, seems to like it, liked it nice. but I I thought that was a nice design. Mm. And the contrast yeah, with agree, the lone Cyberman and his and his sidekicks. Mm. I thought that was nice. Yeah. No, I, I like that. Yeah, I felt I, I felt I missed Beryl Reed actually as <laughs> as, a, as the captain. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, indeed. Instead, we had Judy Graham. Yeah. Who's not in Bell Reed's league and never will be. I'm afraid she's one of one of my bugbear actors. Mm. She just grates for me in anything. I don't think I've ever seen her be particularly convincing. But mm. I suppose she's allowed really. to be permanently grumpy in this setting. Mm. Mm. Yes. But she's permanently Definitely. grumpy in everything else, like Shetland <laughs> and Survivors and mm. Yes. Oh, of course, she was in that Bletchley Circle program, wasn't she? I kind of tolerated her in that. Because <laughs> the rest of the cast were rather good. Well, it had Anna, Anna Maxwell Martin and um, uh-huh. and uh, others. Yes, and then yeah, this Irish. I must I must say, given that the the A plot of the thing was just really grinding through some some typically Chibnall-esque macho space opera, I found yeah. the I found the Irish interludes. A blessed relief, and by yeah. far, by far for me, the most interesting thing about it, and they had some genuinely eerie and intriguing moments. Yeah. Yes, it was jarring, but it was it was kind of pleasingly jarring the um hmm. the way things went, and then it's and then it got proper freaky at the end. Yes. Uh, although yeah. we didn't get a you know we didn't then get a reveal of how this tied into the how this ties into the A plot. No, I mean, so I think the only thing that that irritated me about that particular section was the way that they filmed it in a very chocolate boxy manner. You know, it was so you could be very much forgiven for thinking it was the ITV drama because they're mm. in soft soft focus. Yes. They've got faded palette. It just seems, you know, very caricatured, and it felt to me if if it had felt more real, if if they hadn't if they hadn't gone for that kind of. Um, stereotypical mm. Sunday evening serial sort of feel to it, then I'd have I'd, I'd have been much more in it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's some very bizarre things going on with some characters aging and others not, mm. and and so on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we possibly wait to see whether the, whether the bizarre, you know, stylized, overly stylized thing is is part of the payoff for that. Well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. True. I know. True. I guess I'm. I don't know whether we want to throw around pet theories, but I was thinking, okay, is this where the lone Cyberman is going to end up at the end of the series somehow being imprisoned in some kind of time loop? But I'm not sure that's entirely consistent with what we saw on screen. Hmm. But one wonders if it's a if it's some kind of surrealist prison or other thing, rather than being meant to be a bona fide yeah. representation of 1950s chocolate, yeah, you know, Ireland, yeah. 
Yeah, so so yeah, you're you're right. If that turns out to be the case, then then my argument disappears. Yeah. I thought um, seeing Brendan lying at the bottom of the cliff, we were back watching Broadchurch again. <laughs> oh, good yes. point. Yes. <laughs> no, I, I um, looking looking at, at Brendan, you, your mind starts racing and trying to make all sorts of connections to to the lone Cyberman or even um, the the Koshamas character at the end. Yes, he looked. Yes, I, I was just. I, I mean, I know he would have aged massively, but I was just trying to think if I could link Brendan to him. Hmm. He looks a bit Celtic, doesn't he? But, um, what, what, what I was, was trying it? to detect whether there was a little bit of an Irish lilt in there. Hmm. What, what was a bit the shock horror moment where the police sergeant and his dad got hold of, or whoever they are, got hold of Brandon hmm. and handcuffed him to the chair and put the mind probe on him. That still looked sort of 1950s era Ireland still, didn't it? It didn't look hmm. that high tech. So that that threw me as well. I yes. thought there'd be a big reveal, and it would suddenly look all modern and futuristic. Mm. But that, yeah, it it still looked in keeping with the time period. So mm. that was strange as well. Well, it yes. ought to have been what sort of eighties by then, shouldn't it? If he's had a career mm. as a policeman. Well, that's the other. That's the other thing. But yeah, mm. seems to definitely be set in heartbeat land where time progresses. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> a different a slow rate, pace. Yeah. All it was missing was a cameo by Nick Berry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, didn't Chibnall start out on one of these Heart in the Title programmes? Uh, I'm unsure. I, I, I have a um, feeling where the heart is or something like that might have been his. Right. So he's no, no stranger to Sunday evening chocolate box mm. stuff. If you're going to rip off Sunday evening chocolate ball stuff, then mm. let's have Lovejoy back. <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah, no, that that would be an absolute. The crack, doctor has yeah. to deal with a rogue antique dealer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, the monk. There you go. It's, it writes yeah, itself. Yeah. I swear. <laughs> I tell you what, Doctor Who meets Lovejoy. I'm I'm absolutely in. If that if that's is that series thirteen, then uh, yeah, can can we definitely in? Mm. Yeah. Well, maybe that maybe that's the, if they're going to insist on putting it out on Sunday nights. Yeah, to what seem to be sadly diminishing returns on yeah. the audience front, then perhaps that's the way to go. Make it a make it a companion piece to call the midwife. Didn't Mac- well, call the midwife is, is, is exceptionally popular. There's no question mm. about that. Sorry, so go on, uh, God. I was going to say, wasn't didn't Magnum PI used to be on Sunday nights? Oh blimey, that would be going back a bit. God knows, you're in a different era there. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yes, I, I, I can remember. I can remember Magnum being on. I always thought those were kind of Friday night things, that and the A-Team, but I could be I could be wrong. Or it might be regional differences. Consult your local copy of the TV Times. <laughs> yeah, it's too long ago for me to remember at all. Mm. Yeah. Viewers in Scotland have their own programmes. <laughs> <laughs> so what do, what do you make about... It was all a bit kind of hitchhikers meets Star Wars somehow. This kind of portal at the end of the mm. galaxy. Yeah, it looked like Luke Skywalker's uh, island, didn't it? Hmm. Yes. Yeah. They might have been going for that. I guess. Yeah, it makes sense. Those long tracking shots over the sea hmm. at the start. I mean, it's it's a shame in a way that we had the revelation at the end of Gallifrey at the end of Spyfall because I think if the Master had come back in this one and Gallifrey had been revealed right now 
with mm. without that foretaste would have gone <gasps> it's you know it would have been perhaps the fourth mm. great revelation of this series mm. instead of which it's sort of uh, well yeah i mean I, I was expecting the mask to come back and i was expecting gallifrey to be there so you know you've given me what i expected rather than what i didn't expect yeah, but did you okay i i didn't i i kind of i was of the opinion did we have the did we have the next episode's title at the time this was i was cuz i said yes, wasn't aware of yes it, it was called we knew it was called called the timeless children yeah. uh, i don't know maybe maybe that had slid past me but it was a um I was kind of going with a with the feeling that all of that was going to be held over until next series. Mm. But my main, my overwhelming sense when that turned up, especially when Sasha Darwin came charging through the portal, was, oh, thank God, someone's turned up to liven this up for the, for the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh. It's just that, yeah, having endured a lot of um, cod, you know, cod sci-fi cliches, mm. It was just I think <laughs> thank God the master's back and um and mm. given that I'm yeah, I'm quite keen on this particularly bonkers mm. incarnation that we seem to have. I just thought, okay <laughs> at least mm. next week won't be as dull as this week. Mm. I suppose it would be quite nice if, if as you suggest, the island stuff is some kind of trip into the matrix a la deadly assassin. Mm. It, mm. You know, or, or or something like that. You know, so 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 that you know the unreality of it is actually, um, mm. you know, so, so, you know something to be expected. Yeah. Well, I think at first it at first it seemed like okay, you, you're being led down one route with the guy, and he's okay, he comes from space, and then doesn't. I can't remember whether it was um, was it my mum who said, or, you know, she was thinking of Superman. Oh yes, yeah. Or yeah, I think I think my mum mentioned it to me on the phone. She said, "That got her thinking of Su- Superman, yeah." And then, then he doesn't die when he goes off the cliff, and so on. Mm. And then you're, you're going down that route and thinking, "Okay, we're in a real setting, but there's something weird about him. And where's mm. he? Where's he come from?" And then you get to the end where he is apparently aged normally, mm. you know, and yet somehow we're back in this. And then it gets really uh, weird and nasty. And mm. so there's something weird about the setting, either the setting or the other people, or mm. yeah. Be interested to see how that pans out. You got any uh, exciting theories, Simon? No, I'm trying to. Uh, I stuck my neck out a bit with Brendan and and Koshamas, but yes, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I I just wait to see how well received Yaz and a hundred thousand Cybermen turning up is <laughs> <laughs> when they finally get to Koshamas. That that's a very odd plot vehicle. We're gonna mm. we're gonna we're gonna fly this warrior carrier. To Koshamas, and it's got hundred thousand cyber warriors on board. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, I haven't got any great. I, I, I was delighted to see. I sort of suspected it was coming, but delighted to see the master reappear, mm. and it just tees up this last episode fantastically well. So I hope it's not going to let us down. Mm. It wasn't as good as last week's episode, but. If Ascension of the Cybermen is a journey we have to go through to this fantastic finale to the to the series, then, then so be it. So I've got my fingers and everything else crossed for that. Hmm. Well, they've got enough. They've got enough interesting pieces to play with that they have set up over the course of the series. Yeah. To, you know that they can potentially deliver something interesting. We just um, yeah, we wait to see whether they will. And um, usually, it's one of my bugbears where they change the. Um, when the, when the second part of a two-parter 
bears very yeah. little relation is only tangentially related to the to the first. But in this case yeah. I'm kind of actively hoping that that's the case. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well I mean so my experience is that I've I've never known one of these season enders in the modern era to be all that effective. They 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 always set it up and you think, oh, this is going to be fantastic, given all the everything that's come through the course of the series, and then it always feels a little bit anticlimactic when when it comes to, to me. I mean, you know, and, and mm. recognizing that I've, I've scarcely been the target audience through all that period, but this series has, has been so audacious at times, and and so much more impressive at times than it was the previous series that it would be. You know, so much more of a shame having put all these pieces in in play if it didn't deliver um, in the final episode. If we get Vance or Cat's Meat Volume Two, mm. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's quite. No, I think, I think hopefully we can. Hopefully we can. Yeah, fingers crossed. We can hope for better than that. Yeah, because I don't think yeah. anyone's anything. This series, even even all from Fifty Five, has plumbed some of the depths of mundanity of. No, some bits of series eleven. Hmm. I mean, I think we're all hoping desperately that we're going to f- come across something that that really grabs us and and, and we're mm. enthusiastic about, and we're still talking about in a year's time. Yes, yeah. Don't know any Doctor in the interim mm. uh, about how fantastic that was. So you know, so let's mm. hope we do get that. Well, with that classic classic fan thing of of that we're you know we know we know he's going to do something with with the precious with the sacred canon presumably. Hmm. And therefore, we got that slight air of anticipation, but also, but also trepidation. Hmm. From, what if he? What if he makes the Doctor half human on his mother's side, or, <laughs> or something like that? Hmm. Hmm. Can anyone see Captain Jack coming back next episode? Doesn't look likely, Ooh. does it? It's going to get very crowded if he does. Hmm. Yes. Again, I started thinking, was there a connection there with with Brendan, as well? But then the thing is, no, we know what we know. Jack has always looked like Jack. You were talking about series finale, Richard. I I really like Army of Ghosts and Doomsday, all those years ago. Although that wasn't anything mm. like as highbrow as this, it was still really enjoyable seeing Cybermen and Daleks battling it out, and it was a really strong David Tennant and Rose story as well. So we'll we'll see anyway what happens yeah. next week. I, I think that was my favourite of all mm. of them. I, I still, uh, I think that was my favourite. I, 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 I don't think I've, I've seen one yet that really, kind of, you know, I thought was was fantastic. Mm. Um, I mean, I've seen some two parters in the middle of series that I've thought were were brilliant, mm. but I, I don't think I've ever, I've seen one that that I thought, oh, that absolutely knocked my socks off. Mm. Will seem a little bit overblown to me, but you know that's that's just maybe my, um, you know, my style. I'm not not so much into those grandiose mm. things. You see, I have a very well, this probably puts me in a minority, but I have a um, very strong soft spot for um, Last of the Time Lords. And mm-hmm. that, that whole run leading up to it, I think, is is great. And I personally, I know people <laughs> people are very thrown by all the old Doctor. Stuff mm. and um, so on, but uh, but yes, no, I I, I quite like that. I'm throwing you mm-hmm. something, and that that's the case where it throws you a curveball, and um, 
doesn't do where doesn't go where you expect it's going to go in the second episode. But yeah, yeah, that's uh, true. But I agree that some um, other ones, yeah, I mean certainly, Journey's End has never really done it for me. Mm. I think um, yes, the um, Parting of the Ways is also great. Mm. I think that's you know on a slightly um, possibly slightly less ambitious scale than they mm. did later because we were only talking about the potential destruction of the future Earth. Rather than mm. I think the most egregious example is probably uh, Moffat's season six and, and that sort of all times happening at, every, at the same time or something. It, mm. it, uh, you know, and, and all the elements from the from the whole series come together in an incoherent way for me. Mm. Um, and I, I certainly don't want to see something like that. But anyway, I mean, look, we we, we I, I guess we um, we don't know what's going to happen next week. We're looking forward to it, and, and let's not uh, prejudge it. Any final thoughts you've got about this one that we have seen before we bring this to a close? Uh, coming full circle, I I was just going to say I also I appreciated the somewhat traditional plot construction that separate the um, Doctor and you know companions from the TARDIS. For mm. albeit fairly transparent, <laughs> paper thin reasons in this case, and then split the mm. split the Doctor and companions up into different groups. It's, it's a classic situation, and at least it avoids the perennial problem of having too many companions around. I think you can cope with two companions on each side if you are alternating, you know, two two lead characters on each side, alternating between them and their interactions with other characters that are there especially for the episode I just wish that those other characters were a bit more interesting mm. Simon any, any, yeah. any final nicely nicely summed up by Charles as ever this story I actually watched it I actually watched it three times and it got better with each watch I was, I was pretty disappointed the first time round because of my, oh, okay. my 10 minute mm. my 10 my 10 minute rule and it, it mm. feeling a bit let down with that that naff opening for the doctor with the the cyber drones, but it got it got better after that, and I quite enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, the inconsistency still there. We touched upon with the characterizations of the the companions. I don't know if mm-hmm. it's to do with the mm-hmm. running order in which they're all in which they're all shot, but Graham again, he's got the potential. Sometimes he's he's excellent as a sort of rock amongst all of them for them to mm-hmm. lean on and to draw from his world, his his, his sort of wisdom and everything, and then he's. He's being an annoying git in this episode. Um, <laughs> Ryan Ryan looks a goner, unfortunately. If they if they if they're going to reshuffle the crew at the end of this series, mm. Yaz sparkles occasionally, but um, mm. again she gets too little to do. That was very interesting, Richard. What you said about the supporting cast because you don't really know what they're like as people because there's so little time mm. to get a backstory in there. You'd care more about their survival and their plight, wouldn't you? willing them on if you need yeah, a bit I think more so. about them so that's a that's a mm. shame i hope that's something they can fix in the future so it's all teed up fantastically for next week and um chivers don't let us down please yeah yeah yep. so I, th- I i think the final thought that i had on this was the the latter part of it particularly with you know on the large ship with the cyber army secreted away reminded me of um Big Finish's Sword of Orion, a Eighth Doctor story from you know very early on in the run, and I think a, a Nick Briggs story that he actually put out on cassette, sort of you know fifteen or twenty years before oh, that. Oh, good lord, yes. 
that needs to go. But yes, uh, that was a, that was a story about people being stranded in a, in a large ship and cyber conversions going on, and I, I got a sense um, of some similar themes coming from that. And since you know it, it's it's almost in our charter that we have to mention Big Finish each time. If you're looking for a, a slice of uh, of cyber action, then uh, you could go you could do worse than listen to that. Okay, if that's it, then thanks again. Giles and Simon for joining me and for chatting about this one and to look forward to talking to you again next week when hopefully we've had something extraordinary to discuss um, and we'll be also be able to compare it with a, with some classic Doctor Who as well because um, we'll do a, a, a proper longer uh, episode at that point mm-hmm. so so yeah so thanks yep good to chat too and uh, look forward to catching up with everybody again yes indeed yeah dear oh dear End of February and it's over already, or nearly over already. <laughs> it's a shocker. Yeah, well, it does whiz by, I guess. Particularly when you when you put out the first two episodes in the same week. Mm, uh, yes. So we're going right. It's the first of March, isn't it? The the, the final episode. But yeah, we're, we're we're virtually within two months. Okay, great. And and listeners, thanks for um, picking us again to to listen to. And you know, if you if you have anyone that you know you think might like to hear what we have to say, then uh, please don't hesitate to tell them. Okay, well, bye bye for now. full circle i i was just going to say i also i appreciated the somewhat traditional plot disruption plots construction rather plot destruction i nearly said <laughs>